0: Step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio.
1: Three-time Best Sports Blog winner. With
0: Justin Bradford. time Toasted
1: Music City Best Sports Reporter.
0: And Glenn Blackwell. Brought to you by E610 Athletes. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game.
2: Welcome to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Buck behind the glass, Spider Jack behind the camera on our live stream on Penalty Box Radio on Facebook here.
1: You're killing it, Spider Jack. And
2: insert government shutdown joke because the Predators beat the Capitals. Yes. I'm not going to come up with one of my own because it's going to be lame and I'm going to get the boo birds from, from Buck, no matter what I say. No matter it's what, what you attention. say, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> We, hey, we, we got he's a little smile. That. He's we,
1: saving that for later because he knows he's going to use it on me.
2: Yeah, we have an excellent show talking hockey tonight. Uh, obviously, the Predators won 7-2 over the Washington Capitals. And then we're going to talk a little Florida Panthers with George Richards because, hey, it's one of the two times Predators and the Panthers will see each other this season coming up. They're coming to Smashville and the Panthers are struggling big time. Then Jim Darlene, he is with the U.S. Pond Hockey Championship. Well, represented from Nashville up in Minneapolis, up in Minnesota, Lake Nokomis. It's going to be really cold up there. So, lots of hockey to talk about tonight. So, let's start with that 7 2 victory the Predators had. That was uh, a good
1: one, Justin. That was
2: good. Short guys. Yeah. Short guys really producing. I mean, how about that? Short Vic-
1: people unite.
2: Victor Arvidsson is listed at 5 9. Do you believe that?
1: No. I also no. don't believe. What is <laughs> what is Grimaldi listed as? 5 6. I think he's 5 4. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know what? It don't works. matter. I it know. worked. It I've, worked.
1: Even, I've said that so many times that the smaller they are, the better. They're going to be zipping around a lot quicker than a 6'1", 6'2", guy. And all jokes aside, that's real. They can go a lot faster. And, I mean, <laughs> short people unite. Last night was. Last night was for me.
2: It was for you. It was for and me. for Spider Jack over there. It was <laughs> now. It, it what, what was fantastic about it too is Peter Laviolette even addressed it in the post game press conference, talking about the low center of gravity <laughs> that Rocker Grimaldi has, mm-hmm. and he didn't even crack a smile. Like, is this true? Yeah. If you think about the plays he's been able to make. He's made some great defensive plays, and that goal of his, the spinorama backhand, was all created by him. Like he yes. created, it, and he even noted that he was more proud of that de- defensive play that he had in the defensive zone compared to the goal itself, which. I mean, the goal is pretty sweet.
1: It was sweet. It was, <laughs> but that's that's what you want to see out of a player, and I'm sure that's what players want to see out of themselves, is making other stuff happen besides just scoring a goal. I mean, yes, right. that's fantastic, but you also want to be able to know how capable you are of doing the cool other things. Oh, yeah. And that was definitely something to be proud of.
2: And he poked the puck away. Mm-hmm. Then he was able to get on the break. And then, because he didn't have the right positioning, there was no one to pass it to, he's like, well, spin-a-rama. Spin it. <laughs> <laughs> and he whipped it back. And goal. And that right there just shows that you know, where Rock Gamaldi was drafted, I mean, it shows that he has some skill. There's a skill set there. Has it worked out wherever he's been in the NHL really much at all? No, not yet. But it's starting to work out in Nashville. And he's proving to this team why he deserves a roster spot. He, met, he started his year in Milwaukee. Injuries happen. He gets the call up. He, he, in and out of the lineup. Then all of a sudden, he's cementing himself in this lineup. Can you, I want to say, can you imagine? Because you can. But now this team would look so different on the ice without Rocco Grimaldi in that lineup in the bottom six because of the energy he provides.
1: Yep, and that just goes to show why the Predators picked him. I mean, we have talked about it a lot. When you first get someone, you never know, right? Like, you just trust that David Poyle knows what he's talking about because nine time, nine and a half times out of ten, he does. Mm-hmm. But we you know we talked about that development that you always want to see, and he is one of those people that... You might have looked at him first on his stats and been like, eh, you know, he's a small, like, what is he, what is he really going to do out there? But we talk about it all the time. When people go out there and they bring that energy, that's hard to replace because not all players go out there with the energy that, that Grimaldi has. And that energy creates a buzz for the rest of the team. And it's, it's, And it's just exciting to watch. Players like that mm-hmm. are fun to watch.
2: And so he's going to play the team that drafted him
1: Mm-hmm.
2: on Saturday the Florida Panthers drafted him number 33 overall in the second round in 2011 so when you th- I don't want to say high draft pick but you drafted pretty early so that there's something that was seen there in terms of what he was able to do when he was playing for the U.S. national team the U.S. development team University of North Dakota where the University of North Dakota in 12-13 2012-2013 he had 36 points in 40 games what wow. that's a that's a that's a lot of college games played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah That's a that's a pretty tight. That's a pretty big schedule for North Dakota, and then 39 points in 42 games in 13 14 season for him. So he can put up some points, and then with the rampage, he had 42 points in 64 games. So there's skill set here, and I'm glad he's getting an opportunity. And then let's go the other short guy, Victor Arvidson. He's good. Moving along. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell me something I don't know, Justin.
2: <laughs> Victor Arvidson, and it, what's so funny is he's so casual about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I scored the second goal and then I scored the third. Yeah. Okay, thanks, H- Victor. Yeah, for
1: him, he's like, I'm just doing my job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed yeah. to get out there and, and capitalize and score goals.
2: And that's exactly what he's doing. Victor Arvidsson, my, my goodness, th- this kid, I, well, kid. what kid? Yeah.
1: The- what is he on pace for right now? <laughs> he is, is on he pace for, started. I
2: think, what? What? How many goals, Jack? 41. 41, 41 goals. goals. Yeah. With all those games missed. So he's still on pace for that right now with what he's be- been able to produce. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. Because he's continuing to produce and he what, two games from in back from injury, he did not produce anything. And then all of a sudden, boom.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And he's producing points, producing goals, and the Joe feline.
1: You wanna talk about a scenario where you say, Imagine if we did not have him on the Predators no. in the lineup? I mean, that oh, is yeah. one of those players that Right now, I do not want to imagine what the Predators would look like without him because he is not only fantastic, but he makes everybody around him even better.
2: How about this? Victor Arvidsson has scored nine goals in nine games since December 31st, and that was his third game back from injury. So starting his third game back from injury, he started scoring again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's, it's January 16th, guys. That's, <laughs> he's doing pretty well.
2: Yeah, he's doing, he's doing all right there. And, and when you look at what Ryan Johansson is able to accomplish, when those three, Forsberg, Johansson, and Arvidsson, obviously they drive the offense. They, yeah. And they have to. It's expected to. I mean, Greg Wyszynski, uh ESPN, senior writer for, for hockey mm-hmm. at ESPN, when they were talking about who is the best line in hockey, and he chose the, the Jofa line. Yeah. I mean, you, you can look at there's, – there's arguments for so many. Colorado Avalanche. Rantan and Lanniskog and McKinnon and then you have Boston so they obviously three great lines and they all have their arguments for it but I told Ryan Porth on Monday on Preds Insiders the reason why I wouldn't necessarily say the Colorado Avalanche first line each one of those players has so much high end skill that I think they would be scoring on their own own, yep. no matter who you place them with but these three for the Predators Arvidsson Johansson and Forsberg they're most successful when they're together you split them apart You don't see it as much. I mean, yeah, they're going to chip in, but they're most successful when they're together. That's what makes them a powerful line. And also, when you have an injury, what can hurt you? (laughs) And we saw that in terms of production. So Now, there's other players that need to step it up, some underperformers. So, 23 games since December 1st, right? Austin Watson, only two points. Ryan Hartman, only five points. Cal Yarncroke, seven points. And it's not to say that... There were some tough struggles for this team as well. You know, they have a losing streak, then you still have injuries and you go on the road and everything. And it's because you expect more from these players. Because Austin Watson, when he came back from suspension, he had a pretty good start when you really think about it. He, he he did have a good start. So, And what's expected out of Ryan Hartman, a few more points here and there, Kyle Yarnkov, especially, and he's getting shuffled everywhere. So I don't, I'm not trying to call him out saying they are been awful. It's just there's more than they can produce because this team, if they want to for the long haul, you have to have that depth scoring. Uh, Ryan Ellis, nine points in this band. So a little bit up there, but it, you see also the defensive pairing switched up last mm-hmm. night and yeah. it was successful. I mean, Yossi and Subban.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I think too that... You have to think about, too, how we have talked about before. Um, they haven't really, none of us have really gotten to see what this team can do as a whole with everybody healthy this season. There's always been bits and pieces missing. And like we've talked about repeatedly, that chemistry getting thrown off. So I feel like once everything gets back into that routine and everybody starts to, you know, kind of click like it was at the very, very beginning of the season, mm-hmm. then we'll start to see some of those underproducers producers kind of step up a little bit yeah. i think no
2: yeah you're absolutely right and hey big game big game thursday huge big, big game. game the last time during the regular season the predators and the jets will play in Nashville during the regular season mm-hmm. because for all we know it's probably going to happen late april early may
1: <laughs> yeah
2: late april that uh, that the predators are gonna be playing the jets
1: but man those games talk about high energy
2: high energy like those the-
1: are those are fun for anybody who's a fan of hockey to watch.
2: Absolutely, and so the Predators came with a lot of energy last night against Washington. I can only imagine what it'll be like <laughs> Thursday night. Yeah. So, but but Glenn, did you know that I'm traveling this weekend?
1: You are. Where are you going? Savannah.
2: Savannah. Savannah, Georgia. Savannah,
1: Georgia. Do
2: you typically think of hockey when you think of Savannah, Georgia? I
1: don't. So I need details. You
2: need, so what the, you, the Savannah what you Hockey for? Classic mm-hmm. is taking place down there, and it's college hockey. You have University of Florida, University of Georgia, Florida State University, and Georgia Tech playing four games total in a tournament down there and it sells out it's huge it's absolutely huge yeah and so i'm very much looking forward to this because the fans there go nuts it's a college hockey atmosphere and what's also great too is these fans they get to see them participate in charity work so all these kids are going to be going to like the children's hospital there and doing charity work there oh that's awesome they're welcoming veterans to, to come and skate with them. I know Georgia is welcoming veterans that are, that are stationed in that area to come and skate with them and to participate.
1: So the teams are going to hospital, like the players are going yeah, to. Yeah, them. the That's players get awesome. to participate. So and the, awesome. I know
2: the kids look forward to it every year. And then you have the games themselves, which these are all kind of rivals, especially Georgia, Florida mm-hmm. and Georgia, Georgia Tech. Come on. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Those are some pretty intense, but even on the ice, it all carries over. So really looking forward to this weekend. And if you're anywhere near Savannah, I highly suggest you get down. It's just going to be a fantastic weekend of hockey, college hockey in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, Savannah. It'll be a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. there, then it's going to be here, especially when you get to Sunday when it's going to be really, really cold. But
1: really cold. So they have tickets online or like how does it? Online, yeah. This, okay. Yeah, online. I mean, Just, it's going to be a sellout. Just so Google get Savannah Hockey
2: yeah. Classic. That's, That's awesome. all you got to do. So watch some college hockey. There'll be 5,000 people at the Civic Center down there in Savannah watching college hockey. And these kids love to hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty yeah, intense. Co- well,
1: college games are just fun. They're anyway. fun in
2: general. So, so, all right. Up next, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk some Florida Panthers. They play the Predators on Saturday in Smashville. That's all coming up next here on Nashville's Best Sports Talk, ESPN, 1025 The Game. <laughs> And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Buck behind the glass. We've got Spider Jack over here giving me some stats, so thank you, Spider Jack. Appreciate that. We're waiting to get George Richards on the line here from the Athletic Miami, talking Florida Panthers. So let's go ahead and kind of preview this, Glenn. I mean, I don't want to look past the Winnipeg Jets game, but we're talking Florida Panthers. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. <laughs> the Panthers have been struggling a little bit here, and when I say struggling, it's uh, looking at this, they have not won a game in the month of January. Yeah. And now they've gotten some points o- t- overtime losses, shootout loss, but it's been a struggle and we're talking two straight 5-1 losses. Yeah. One Vancouver, one to Montreal, lost to Calgary, lost in a shootout to Edmonton, lost 5-1 to Pittsburgh. So that's three 5-1 losses this month. Lost in uh, overtime to Columbus and then uh, lost to lost to Buffalo. So
1: and 7 in a row. It's
2: <laughs> It's been tough and this this it's Panthers brutal. team what's been so difficult and seeing the the talent on this team, there's some good young talent, but they just have not been able to put it together yet. And we do have George Richards on the line with us right now from the Athletic Miami. George, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you coming back on. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, good let's be here. It's Let's look at this. It's, it's really been a struggle. I mean, especially this month for the Florida Panthers. Yeah. I know you've written about it as well. Just what overall... Are you seeing here so people here in nashville understand what's going on with the panthers that's making them struggle so much here of late.
0: Uh, it, it's, it's a whole bunch of things i mean they haven't won a game since new year's eve uh, they've lost seven in a row they've had you know decent goaltending at times but not very good goaltending um overall i mean that's been a problem throughout the season um you know, this is a team that's been scoring a lot of goals, but lately they haven't been, uh, not enough. They've lost their last two games by 5-1 scores. Last night I think they took 52, 53 shots in Montreal against and and only got the one goal. So uh, things just as a whole just not working for the Panthers.
1: And, George, like you just mentioned, I want to talk about that game against Montreal because that is a bright takeaway. I think that's the silver lining because what it looked like was that this team finally started – I mean, it was headed in the right direction. They were doing the right things. It just didn't end in their favor. So what do you feel like this team's focus is after that game in preparation for Toronto and then preparation for Nashville?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I just – I don't know. I don't know if there are any silver linings right now. I mean, this is a team that had high expectations, expectations of of challenging for, for one of the three spots in the Atlantic, um, at least, you know, holding down, getting one of the wild card spots. And right now, they're 14 points out. They're three points from last place in the entire league. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's just such a complete disappointment that you know, whatever happens moving forward, I mean, there's still a lot of games left, but, you know, they can pretty much cash that, you know. They're not making the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe they start playing better, whatever. Um, but as far as right now goes, I mean, they've done a lot of good things throughout the year and have not gotten the results. I, I think that's one of the frustrating things as far as the coaches and management go, Um you know, and and you look at some of the scores. I mean, they lost 5-1 to in Vancouver, but that was a 1-1 game with 13 minutes left. And, you know, a lot of games have gone that way where it looks worse than it is. But, but then when you look at the standings, you know, that, that really tells the story. They are what they are.
2: And again, George Richards of The Athletic joined us to talk about the Florida Panthers. And George, looking, as you said, the coaching staff frustrated and uh, Bob Bugner, former Nashville Predator, um, very successful in junior hockey, meaning winning Memorial Cups, win, doing very well at the Windsor Spitfires and and worked his way up the coaching ranks here, too. Is is this the kind of thing where it's a coaching thing or is it is it a player thing where they're just not performing the way they're supposed to be performing with the talent that they have? Is is a change in the midst for the Florida Panthers?
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, in talk, I, I, I spoke to ownership back in November when this team was struggling. I mean, they only won two of their first 11 games. So they, they dug themselves a pretty big hole to start with. Um, and it sounds like the Panthers are going to be patient, with, you know, with, with Bob Bugner and the mm-hmm. coaching staff. And, you know, this is his second year with the team. Last year they ended up making a nice run. At the end of the year they won 25 of their final 35 games and ended up a point out of the playoffs eliminated on the final day of the season. Um, and, and I think that, you know, maybe they're, you know, we're hoping for that kind of turnaround. But 14 points back, obviously, that's, that's you know, probably far-fetched. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, time will tell. It seems like they're going to be patient and continue moving forward. The team hasn't quit. Um, you know, we've seen that in their games. Again, they've lost seven in a row.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, only, you know, one of those games was really a, a brutal, brutal loss. Um, So, again, we'll just have to see what happens, but uh, as far as it seems now, it appears that management's going to remain intact and everything, and they're just going to try and figure it out as they go.
2: And, and, and you wrote about this on The Athletic as well, about being open for business where they, they could and, and should be sellers as well. So what are you kind of expecting out of them as the trade deadline comes up? I mean, there's there's obviously some hot names out there from some other teams, but you yeah, have yeah. Troy you have Michael Haley, uh, Chris Weidman. Are you expecting some moves to be made or this team going to just stand pat the way it is?
0: I, I think some moves will be made. I mean, I, I don't know what going on behind the scenes. sure, sure. Um, but this is obviously a buyer's market. I mean, when you look at those names, I mean, there are a lot of good names out there. I don't know what the Panthers really have that's that's all that attractive. It seems like a lot of depth guys. Um, you know, Troy Brow, you know, when you're talking about Reynolds, you're talking about guys like Troy Brower and, um, you know, some other guys. I mean, you know, the Panthers have some very nice pieces. Like you said, this is a very talented team that, that, that just hasn't you know, just hasn't worked so far this year. Um, you know, we're going to have to see. I know I know Dale Talon's working the phones. He's trying to work some deals. I just don't know what they've got, what they're willing to part with. Um, if he wanted to make deals, I mean, he definitely has the pieces to do it, but I think that um, is they don't want to panic. They don't want to say, you know, this season's probably not salvageable, so why would you make some big deals? Um, For the sake of doing it. I mean, there are obviously some some very talented players here that they could do that with. I don't think they're going to do that. I think what you're going to see is uh, probably some some mid-level parts that are moved for draft picks, maybe some lower-end prospects, maybe some guys that, 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 you know, they feel are diamonds in the rough that maybe aren't being utilized in the places that they're at. Um, You know, they did that last year. They picked up Frank Petrano. That's been a nice pickup for the Panthers Mm -hmm. this year Um, he's really blossomed into a pretty good little player for them so um, you know I I don't think it'll be anything earth-shattering I don't think you know you're going to see them go out and and get Sergei Bobrovsky or anything (laughs) like that Um, although if the right move was there something to move forward something that would be something to help them in the future yeah yeah they they would go for that.
2: And it's just crazy just looking at the roster here and the talent and some of the skill. I mean, Huberdo, Barkov, Hoffman, uh, Yandel, Ekblad. I mean, there, there's right. some very skilled players in here just not clicking right. And so, mentioned Hoffman as well. You know, the trade happened in the offseason there to bring him to the team. So, overall, even though the team itself is not winning games, what kind of addition has Mike Hoffman been to the Florida Panthers?
0: Oh, he's been a terrific addition. But well, That was a great move by Dale Talon in the offseason just before the draft. Um, was able to, to you, know, you know, when he got, you know, uh, San Jose made the deal for Hoffman and then flipped him to Florida for a couple draft picks. Um, he's got 20-something goals this year. He's on pace for career highs and goals, points, and assists. And um, It's been a great addition. He had the goal last night, a beautiful goal against Miami to give the Panthers a one nothing lead in the first period, and then they end up losing 5-1. to So, um, you know, Mike Hoffman's done everything they've asked of him. Uh, he's got that terrific slap shot. He, he scores all over the place. He's had, you know, the guy's a natural scorer. And then that's what we thought that the Florida Panthers needed. I mean, when you looked at their off season, they bring in, you know, they, they bring in Mike Hoffman, they bring in Troy Brower on a bargain basement deal after he got bought out and called Cal Green. It looked like the Panthers were just adding to, to what they already had. And, again, just hasn't worked for him.
2: So uh, one of these questions, with the last question here in, in net. I mean, you got Roberto Luongo, James Reimer. Is is that one of the problems has been in net where they just haven't been consistent enough? Because looking at the goals against, I mean, three point three four for Luongo, three point two one for Reimer. It's just there's obviously some struggles right there. But is that one of those things where some people may point their finger at it? Is in the crease?
0: Yeah, and I think that's what management's looking at too. I mean, if you look at if the Panthers even had average goaltending throughout this season, mm-hmm. they probably. Either be holding a playoff spot or be right in that neighborhood, and you know now they're a mile and a half away. Um, I, you know, I, I think goaltending has been a problem. I, I think they knew it was one of those deals where it's always been good here in South Florida with the Panthers, so it would be good again, and it just hasn't been. Um, I, I think you know you, you can blame you know Roberto Luongo hasn't been great, James Reimer hasn't been great. They had Michael Hutchinson. Back when Roberto Luongo was hurt in October, he wasn't great. So um, they haven't done themselves any favors in that. They haven't given themselves any extra chances. I think Roberto Luongo's been better lately. I think, Mike, you know, James Reimer has been decent at times, but but not good enough. Um, So, yeah, I think when you look at the problems of the Panthers, it starts this year, at least in goal.
2: Well, it will be an interesting game Saturday. I mean, the Predators will be coming off playing a game against Winnipeg, uh, so and the Panthers coming into Nashville on Saturday night. So, George, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. All right, anytime. We'll see you later. All right, folks. George Richards with the Athletic has great material covering the Florida Panthers. You need more of that his Twitter is George Richards. Nice and easy. Easy (laughs) enough. All right, folks, up next, the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships are coming up next weekend up at Lake Nokomis in Minneapolis. A lot of folks from Nashville are going to be traveling up there to take on the weather, the elements, and the frozen pond. So we're going to talk to Jim Dahlien. He is the head of communications for the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships. That's up here next on Penalty Box Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN, 1025 The Game. Feeling warm after listening to that, and it's not going to be warm after our next guest. (laughs) Penalty Box Radio, (laughs) powered by E610 athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Buck, jamming with the tunes behind the glass there, Mm -hmm. and Spider Jack with the stats next to us. All right, let's talk pond hockey championships. We have Jim Darlene. He is with the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships. Jim, welcome to the show. (laughs)
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Justin. How you doing?
2: Oh, doing just fine. And I know a lot of boys from the South are excited to get up there and play some <laughs> pond hockey. And I mean, the forecast is looking mighty fine with the fronts that are going to be coming in.
3: <laughs> it's looking a lot better than what it did last week when it was in the 40s and 30s. But the next couple of weeks looks to be absolutely perfect for us.
2: So, and I know that we're talking logistics here because people always kind of get interested like, wait, you you play on an actual frozen lake and you have rinks and zambonis and everything. So especially when it's a little bit warmer here, but now it's looking like the forecast showing in in the teens, the low teens and single digit lows and everything. Does that just warm your heart to know it's going to be that cold?
3: It's, you know, if it stays there, it'd be great. There's uh, times when it can get down to negative 10, negative 15. Mm. Those make me a little bit more nervous. Um, But it is uh, absolutely uh, something that, We can't control the weather, but we get really excited about it when it works in our
2: favor. Absolutely. And so that's coming up next week. And then what's the history of this championship? Because it's so huge. I mean, we're talking over 20 rinks are built on this lake. And you have so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming out to play hockey from all different skill sets from all over the country. So what's a little bit of the history of this pond hockey championship?
3: Right. So it was started, and this will be our 14th year of uh, being on Lake Nicomis, and we actually will have 27 rinks this year, which makes it about 300 teams, and it'll be the largest event that we've had from players. And sort of as you noted, it's, uh, it's not just a Minnesota thing. There's uh, players who come from basically every state, every province, and even some international uh, players who fly in for that weekend with their buddies, and they all get together on Lake Nicomis. Um, But it's a great winter uh, event here uh, as part of the Great Northern and really kicks off the um, outdoor, really cold season for us.
1: And Jim, speaking on the history, I kind of want to get a little bit of your personal history on this. I know at times um, former NHLers can drop in and play in this tournament like Mike Ricci did on Justin's first trip up there. (laughs) Um, So I know that probably quite a few moments are going to come to mind, but I just kind of want to get some of your most memorable moments in this tournament.
3: You know, for the things that I remember are the people I meet. Uh, I hope Justin shared the video of those guys walking out on the ice for the first time. Oh, yeah. um, and it, it's some of those really cool experiences. Uh, my family participates for, for me. My wife and son come down, cheers on. My daughter, Haley works our merch uh, area. So it's a really fun family uh, event for us. And I get to, my phone starts ringing about January 2nd of people getting excited. Uh, What do the numbers look like? What seat are we going to get? What do you think about the weather? And it's uh, really kind of a cool distraction from the day job. I hope uh, boss isn't totally listening. (laughs) But it's a fun distraction, really. Uh, Working in software, which uh, we're a software company that owns the event, but this is something we all love and we um, are excited to be caretakers of it uh, here in January.
2: And Jim and he is with the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships coming up at Lake Nakoma's next weekend up in Minnesota, and so more of the logistics on this too, because it's still something that is beyond a lot of folks. I mean, including me, looking at this. I mean, it's not just waiting for a lake to freeze. There's so much in terms of maintenance and everything like that. So, what goes into preparing the lake for a tournament like this with so many people that are going to be on it to make sure it's maintained and for safety and everything of that sort?
3: Right. Our uh, we've got an event manager, Jody, who you may have met, Justin. Um, was just fantastic in working through all of the permits and logistics we take what is really just kind of a beach um in the in the summer it's a great beach in the summer but it's a frozen beach in the winter and there's really nothing there but a parking lot um until we bring in the event and uh our team from colorado and the recess factory comes out puts in 27 rinks you've got permits and uh, all of the parking logistics. It's, it's what's unique about the event. I think as well is that it's in Minneapolis, right? It's not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. out in a suburb. It's not 20 miles away. And we say Minneapolis, it's actually in the city and to get that many teams on a lake in the city, uh, create some logistics, um, challenges to it. But I think that's what makes it special is that everyone just recognizes it's at the end of the day about having a really good time uh, and having fun on the ice. And, you know, if you don't have the absolute best internet for, for the day, that's all right because you put that in your hockey bag and go out and hang out with your friends.
2: No, you're absolutely right. And, and it's one of those things too that It's it's a nice challenge sometimes just getting to your rink because most people either walk, you're skating, you're you're on the ice there too and sometimes there's ruts and so it's such a unique experience for all of us because we're used to a clean sheet of ice with maybe a few bumps and bruises here but when you get outside the elements you get those ruts and everything so what, what are some of the things that you've seen that in terms of people how far away have people traveled to come to this event?
3: Well, we'll to, I think we have a team that has a couple of guys coming in from Australia this year. Oh, wow. um, there always seems to be someone from Europe and really they're transplants um, typically. Um, and, and you look at team rosters and you've got people like, you know, your team that comes up and isn't experiencing that. You'll also see teams where there's eight different states or areas where people are from. So they kind of congregate there. Um, but it's, It's from all over the U.S., Canada. It's a big deal um, to not only participate and experience it, but the hockey is second to none, in my opinion. It's a different game, and if there's a pond hockey tournament that a team wants to win, they're going to make sure they try and win the Golden Shovel in Minneapolis.
2: Uh, Absolutely. There's multiple Mighty Drunks teams from Nashville coming up. And we even have uh, Wade Minter, the PA announcer for the Carolina Hurricanes. He was on the show last week. He's playing with the the Nashville Mighty Drunks up there. So getting PA announcers from other NHL teams to play. play
3: Wade and I worked together uh, in the past, too. So it's a small world.
2: No, and I, hockey's a small world. That's that's what's so fun about this sport, and it's just great to see the attention about it. I know some of the, a lot of the attention goes to the jerseys uh, that teams come up with and everything. There's always some unique jerseys. Uh, clean for radio, because <laughs> I know some of them are. are. Are there any some unique team names that stand out to you, or, or some great jerseys that you can describe?
3: There, uh, there are, and, you know, every single year I get yelled at. And I get an email <laughs> about someone complaining about team names, and I'm like, you know, I really don't put these together. I just try and create a good experience here. Um, there, there's a, this great iconic picture uh, from several years back where a team was dressed up entirely as elves and they had the full <laughs> gamut, uh, hats on. The, the team names make me laugh. I sometimes cringe, you know, I, I read up. some of them. <laughs> They're so creative. It's it's a lot of fun, but you know you you've been there. Friday, I like to we like to say is all about the players and sort of the first day, and it's a really uh, important day for the uh, pools, the super competitive pools. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday is for the community and the fans, and that's really when so you know thousands of people descend down to the campus, and it's when our more fun teams sort of come out to play, and that's when you start to see a lot of the. Uh, fun dress up. There's people who literally just have a vest on and nothing underneath, and it's it's cold out there. You've been there. The wind oh, yeah. gets you, and it's. Uh, I, I got. I'm glad I'm just in a parka when I'm walking around and not uh, in some of those outfits. Uh,
2: again, Jim Darlene, is with the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships taking place at Lake Nokomis up in Minneapolis next weekend. And and Jim, when we're looking at this too, what's so unique and I think is fun is you get a workout. Your warm up is shoveling the ice. And yeah. I don't think people realize all, the, all that dust that gets kicked up, all the, the snow that gets created from skating on the ice. And it's one of those you earn your keep when you have to get on there. Was that one of those things that that's just the traditional hockey thing? You got you to gotta get the, the rink ready by shoveling it, right?
3: Absolutely. And, you know, our, our ice ops, we use dry scrape Zambonis. Uh, you're probably most familiar with mm-hmm. a Zamboni or ice resurfacer that lays water down uh, for the um, which then freezes for it, we actually take a small layer across the top and uh, take the imperfection. So if you skate there on Thursday with youth night or Friday morning, it's like being inside an uh, arena ice uh, to start mm-hmm. with. Obviously, that changes <laughs> a bit. Um, but, but the part of the you know, shoveling the um, rink, and both teams do it, it's, it's a tradition, um, not quite as special as the handshake, but as important as when I came home when I was a kid, and I lived on a lake, I'd skate after school, you'd have to get out there with your shovel. And we really try and create the nostalgia and fun of what it was like growing up uh, for those of us who, you know, grew up with the opportunity to just race off the bus, grab a snack as you're heading outside, and we went down and skated. And what you'd have to do is, you know, grab that shovel. So uh, it's, it's something so, I think is so cool to see. Uh, it's never questioned and just, you know, both teams just grabbing the shovels and taking care of it. Just probably spending a little more time clearing in front of the goal <laughs> that you're shooting at, you know? So there's some right. strategy to that, but uh, yeah, it's a, just a cool tradition.
2: No, that's absolutely awesome. I know everybody's going to have fun up there, and it's it's fun to see the videos and the pictures and the experience that people have. So, so Jim, thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing some of your experience with the Pond Hockey Championship.
3: Hey, Justin, can't wait to see you, man. Travel safe.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, sir. All right, that's Jim Darlene with the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships coming up next weekend in Lake Nakomis, Minneapolis. Glenn, my first experience just walking and then seeing that frozen lake and saying, I- I'm going to skate on this and play hockey. Not I, well, but I'm going to skate. Yeah,
1: I remember seeing your pictures and videos and I got chills watching that because that is hockey and it's purest form
2: absolutely that's
1: where it all started and to see that it looked like everyone had a blast but just to see the scenery Mm -hmm. it was incredible
2: the experience so folks i know there's such a growing market of adult hockey players out there Get there. You've got to play pond hockey. This one, of, if you've never been able to experience before, because I know so many people start as adults and they'll get that experience of growing up with it. Because I didn't, even though I lived in Michigan, but I never got mm-hmm. a chance to skate like that. So you've got to play pond hockey. That experience of going out, you, you're putting your skates on by the rink. You're going on the, the walls are only about three feet high. You're sitting on so buckets. Weird. <laughs> you don't have a goalie. You just have itty bitty goals that you're shooting on there too, and you have huge ruts in the ice you have to prepare for. And you can tell the people that are used to it; they're skating. They know how to skate on really bad mm-hmm. ice. They're used to those. They're conditions. used to it. And then yeah. you get back here, and you go and take your skates to get sharpened at Fort Ice Center, and they're like, "Where have you been, man? These, <laughs> these blades look awful." But it's the folks the experience to experience like hockey in its truest form. That's what it is on a frozen pond where it's really cold out. You see your breath. Every time you're breathing, you see your, you're see you having to wear all these thick clothes and everything just to play the sport that you love. And it's absolutely fantastic. We walk across the lake. Sometimes as parking. It's so tough. You walk across the lake to get to your rink.
1: Yeah, which is wild. So, <laughs> I mean, you so, get really spoiled here, you know? You
2: are, yeah. And it's it's one of those great experiences. So I'm glad to see the Mighty Drunks continue to grow mm-hmm. uh, out of Nashville to bring more people up there to experience pond hockey. So... It's going to be fun. So and if you can't make it up there, obviously, then follow along with the Mighty Drunks. I know uh, MD Media is going to be putting a lot of things out there, too, videos and everything, so you can experience it from the from the comfort of your own home.
1: You can experience the dry scrape. We haven't experienced <laughs> that since 2014 when it went to die.
2: Oh, what a reference. All right. Coming up next, we have lots of Twitter questions to answer, including if you could bring any player that, the Pre- that Preds fans hate the most to this team to help them with the playoff run. Who would it be and why? I'm really looking forward to answering that question from Greg Machop that That's coming up next here on Penalty Box Radio, Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 the game. I just saw sushi from Japan. Now y'all just kick it Jackie Chan. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Buck.
1: PBR in the club.
2: Spider Jack over here.
1: hmm
2: I, I kinda relate to this song. Why? I mean, did there's, you order there's wait, some what did he Asian themes to this? Oh yeah. I'm he kick ordered it, Jackie Chan. In,
1: oh yeah. <laughs> so relatable.
2: I'm just saying as the I
1: relate to it just because that's my I like to club dance.
2: I mean, there are three and a half white people right in this vicinity, so my other half is just like, oh, this song. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Let's go ahead and get right into things here. We have Greg Mashapolis asked this question. Which most hated player by Preds fans would you most want to bring in to make a run at the cup? Glenn, what you got?
1: So this is not speaking realistically because this <laughs> obviously is not happening um, before trade deadline. But um, I've, I've always been a fan of Dustin Bufflin. I like watching his game okay. and he's terrifying to play against so to have somebody okay. like that on the Predators I think would be fantastic
2: all right and so, this is a, obviously a hypothetical I'm not making a push to bring in a certain player I'm just saying well if I'm gonna have to answer this question but I'm gonna answer happens- this question <laughs> so there's a team out there that's not doing that well there's there's multiple teams out there that aren't doing that well um overall one of them is the New York Rangers mm-hmm. hmm. who's on the New York Rangers that a lot of mm-hmm. Preds fans do not like that they tend to boo a lot Mm. Went to Harvard.
1: Just nothing's, <laughs> a nothing's ringing a bell. I've never seen him at Harvard. D- I've never Vizzi. gone up there to see him. Oh! <laughs> I'd forgotten about him. I'd forgotten. The, I only yeah. remembered Tyler Boyd.
2: I mean, Vizzi has 24 points in 45 games. Uh, that's fourth on the team in You're ruffling some
1: serious feathers right no, now. No, I know. They asked <laughs> the question. I'm it. not making the that's push for it. it. I'm
2: just saying that's one of those. I mean, when you talk about most hated, I mean, you have what? Kane, Suter.
1: Crosby. Crosby.
2: Yeah. Perry. Vz
1: and VZ is so recent too it's still pretty recent, you know, considering right. so yeah, you're ruffling some feathers, yeah, and uh, I love it. I love the drop Ruffling some feathers oh, that was so good. <laughs> I might as well have said that it was so good. high fives high fives and
2: <laughs> Buck literally rolled his eyes on that one that was he gritty. rolled his buffling eyes some feathers i am I'm, I'm so sorry, I apologize
1: man don't apologize for that that was too bad. okay
2: uh- Conduct for liberty in the last twenty years does Rocco's goal last night make the top ten of best Preds goals in franchise history? Okay, if we're gonna look at it in terms of like the skill and the and that behind it, yes, it's in the top ten. In terms of most meaningful, no, <laughs> obviously not. That, Which that's is when I, I
1: think it. that's yeah that I think the meaningful ones come into the actual like top ten, right? Right. But it was definitely definitely memorable and definitely skillful. So. Yes and no.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Katsu613, would you rather read every comment ever on Pred's Facebook or be a Sens fan? I she's would. also a Sens fan, so. I would, Sens
1: fan. I would be a Sens fan. I
2: would be a Sens fan. That's.
1: I don't have any time for all that. Ain't nobody got time <laughs> for that. nobody got time for that.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, intern Allie, who cannot be with us. She, she's working the night job. Mm-hmm. Anything new coming up for PBR, the SEC tourney? Yes. Mm-hmm. Intern Allie. The Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference tournament's coming up at Ford Ice Center, February eight to ten, and tickets are going to be available very, very soon for that. But we're talking Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt all playing that weekend. Whew. At that's Ford that's Ice a lot. Center. It's gonna <laughs> that's be a fun. Lot of hockey. It's gonna be a lot of hockey and a lot of fun there. So let's go to the next one here. Um, didn't we have a cat question? Oh yeah. Spider Jack asks, Why do cats always young? How does a cat remain sleepy? The whole purpose of a cat's existence is to sleep 16 hours a day and eat when it's not sleeping.
1: Glenn, your answer. Um, Just like humans, they're trying to get carbon dioxide to their brains. Um, they are predators by nature, so they're going to stay awake <laughs> at night to, end quote, hunt. So they're going to be awake while you're asleep. But during the day, they're going to yawn a lot because they're going to be trying to keep themselves alert. They're going to feel themselves dozing off, just like we do when we're sitting in some boring seminar and we're going to yawn. Try to get some oxygen to our brain. Hashtag Justin. science. Science. No, science. I, you
2: science right there. <laughs> Wayward Blade 24, what are your thoughts on the defensive appearance from last night? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, Ellis and Ekholm obviously have a history from playing together, so it's totally fine there. And then Yossi and Subban are two elite defensemen as well. Put them together. I Peter, was pleased. Yeah. yeah. Peter Laviolette was even saying... Uh, and there really wasn't that much thought behind it. I was like, oh, why not?
1: It works, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. And, it, and it worked. And it works. That's okay. Okay. Brandon Stever, if Poyle targets a depth defenseman, as someone suggested, who is a target? Uh, Alec Martinez, I believe, is one of them. Uh, there also could be a Nicholas Cronwall, if you want to look at that. I mean, he can hit people. Detroit needs to sell. Why not? There's also that, Glenn, do you have any targets for that that you can think of at the top of your head?
1: No, I'm not really off the top of my head.
2: All right. So then, then we have here... <clears throat> Has there ever been a breakaway? This is from Canned Catfish. Has there been a breakaway shorthanded hat trick frosty preds goal before Arby's last night or was this the first? Oh my gosh. I believe this was the first
1: one. <laughs> I was about to say, is there a stat for that? I mean, you,
2: you think it's gotta hit all those breakaway, shorthanded, hat trick, frosty. That's four things. Yeah. No. If
1: there was, I think we might we might remember, right?
2: Right. Nick Rogers eighteen. Have you ever have you been to Shake Shack yet? Yeah, up at Mall of America. That's I, where haven't, I've been. I
1: haven't been at all ever. It's no matter where.
2: I I highly suggest it. Then we have Charlie Burris. Realistic options for trades we can make before the deadline. I mean, I've been on this train. I think Wayne Simmons is going to cost way too much. Yep. And when I say way too much, it's going to be something the Predators just don't have. Mm -hmm. Or I don't think they're going to, in terms of willing to give up, not going to give up Tolvin and not going to give up Fabro yet. Unless Fabro's saying, nope, I'm good, trade, trade my rights. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. And in
1: order to gain something big, you've got to be willing to give away something big, and I don't. Right. I think it's too expensive. So
2: my realistic target, and some people may roll their eyes, but it's Gustav Nyquist. And well, it's, he
1: cost a pretty penny, though?
2: I, he might in terms of picks prospects. The, my whole reason is Detroit is in cap trouble. Yeah. They just they can't re, be taking roster players. They have to you know get something for the draft. So it could be a first and a third or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Nyquist I think would be a good a good middle six addition.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's not the power four that you need, but he can score and he's putting up points on a really terrible team right now. And that's the way I look at it. It's not necessarily there's, there are other options out there as well, uh, but that would be. That would be one of my targets.
1: Yeah, I can see that too. I just, it's always tricky to try to get inside David Poyle's mind because he's always looking so far into the future. So when you start thinking about giving up those prospects, it's just kind of tricky to, to know, mm-hmm. you know, where his headspace is at on that.
2: Uh, Heim Jazz destroyed by Carolina. Absolutely dominate Washington back to back games, or not back to back, but games like that. Uh, what do Preds need to do in order to have some consistency? I, I think what hurt with that road trip at the book ends. So you think, had they been destroyed by Carolina somewhere in the middle and they ended that road trip strong, it would be like, oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a really good road trip. Yeah. I mean, look at the way they finished it. But because they went three, one, and two and one of those, in that one was at the very end of the road trip, a lot of attention is getting put on that one too. Carolina... Has been winning games and beating really good teams. It was not a fluke that they beat Nashville. Exactly.
1: Yep. Nowhere
2: near a fluke. Nashville. They did come home for a quick reset, and that was their their dud was Mm -hmm. against Carolina because you think in all those other games they earned points. Yeah. So in the five other games, they either lost in overtime or they or or lost yeah two losses in overtime. Mm -hmm. So they had three wins, one of those being a very signature win against Toronto, and they lay a dud against Carolina. It was okay. So in terms of consistency, though. You want to see them coming out with the same energy every night and not having this, that lackadaisical <laughs> energy yeah, like they yeah. did against Carolina. And you I don't think need that. It's
1: also important to note that that win against Washington was also not a fluke. That is what the Predators are capable of Absolutely. and made of. So I think if they can come out strong straight out of the gate, it's proven that they're going to mm-hmm. do better that way. So if they can do that and always play up, to what they know they're capable of, that consistency is mm-hmm. going to come. But it's when you find them playing down to their opponent that it becomes a problem. And
2: I talk about litmus tests, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. litmus test again. Yep. How, how do you stand against the, the some of the best in the West? Okay, more coverage on penaltyboxradio.com. Podcast stories, videos, everything you need in terms of coverage. College hockey, a lot of that coming up too. I'm Penalty Box Radio 4. Producer Buck, Spider Jack, Glenn Blackwell, this is Justin Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to Penalty Box Radio here in Nashville's Best Sports Talk, ESPN 1025 The Game.